Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, today, I have a different formatted podcast for you. Uh, if you tuned into last week's episode, you may have heard that I'm part of a new online school called the Art Career Academy, where I'm on the uh, teaching staff for the first course called Going Pro. Um, today, I'm joined by another one of the Art Career Academy teachers, Claire Bradshaw, to discuss one of the topics we'll be covering in the Going Pro course. Um, before we get stuck into it, uh, you know, Claire, do you want to say hi to the people out there and uh, introduce yourself a bit? Yeah, for sure. I'm so excited to be here on Bench Talk. And um, just a little bit about me. So I am a holistic business coach and I help people with um, small business development and also the mindset um, to help you to really achieve your dreams in your business, in your career. Um, So that's a little bit about me. Cool. Um, Yeah, I think... As artists, we are, we're all running small businesses and, uh, you know, people think that being an artist is just about painting, but there's so much that goes into it. And, um, you know, I really think that our listeners are going to get a lot out of our conversation today. So thanks for yeah. joining us. No worries. No worries. And I think it's such an interesting space as well, because over the last, what would you say, five years, 10 years, you know, things have really opened up for artists. And I think, you know, we're moving past a time where, you know, artists are just kind of floating around, you know, doing what they feel like when they feel like. I think that we're moving into a place where actually people can have full careers um, as artists and make some really, really good money and really live into the lifestyle that they're really wanting to live. Um, And, you know, there's a few things that Tom and I can really share and teach on that's going to really support you to take that next step. Cool. Well, um, today's part one of a three-part series uh, on becoming the career artist that you want to be. So the topic we're going to discuss today is uh, working out where your creative style came from. Um, like anything, it's uh, good to sort of take stock on how you wound up where you are right now. And uh, through doing this, you can sort of work out why your art looks the way it does. So um, grab a pen and paper because uh, Claire and I are about to get into it. Yeah, I love this topic so much um, because often we can get so stuck in the doing. We can get so stuck in the day-to-day, the creating, the being in our business. But what is so important from a business perspective is to take those times out where we actually um, gain a greater perspective and we work on our businesses. So start to look at those kind of deeper things that got us to where we are today, which is really going to help us to then work out, you know, get our language sorted, but also help us to work out where is it that we're wanting to go into the future as well. So, so excited to um, get stuck in with this. Mm. So we're going to take you through a three-step process to help get clear on your creative influences. So we're going to launch uh, straight into step one uh, of this process, and that's to take a good look at your art, uh, trace back your artistic influences, and uh, find out why your art looks the way it does. So um, grab a pen and paper and um, think about all the different elements that make up your art. And uh, you want to go one by one through them and, um, and think about why yours looks the way it does so the first point uh is style which is like probably the biggest part of your art because you know your style is who you are individually and um try to think about who you are as an artist like what group of artists do you fit amongst and um, if you had to 
tick some boxes on a website for the style of art that you do like what where would that fit um and have a think about your influences and what has influenced your style um this is a big overarching one um and like the second one would be medium because there's so many different mediums you could work with uh and it's good to think about like why do you work with the medium that you work with uh you know there's some artists you know myself included i jump around with lots of different mediums but i know i have my set mediums that i use what i consider to be my, my main mediums and um i know why i use those mediums it's uh and it comes back to my influences and also my history as an artist of uh the evolution of my art um and there's certain things you latch onto, and uh it's good to be clear on why it is that you use what you use can you give an example from your own career in terms of style and medium okay so for me all right um uh a lot of my my style uh its roots are from street art and graffiti uh that's where i grew up um that's the art that i grew up doing and my style has a uh you know has a, a black outline using airbrush like mo- like 90% of the artwork i do has a black outline with airbrush and that comes back to my graffiti uh i like you know i can pinpoint the times when I was introduced to the airbrush and I know that was a journey for me to find the airbrush because I wanted to do a continuous line and I was battling to do that with brushes so um once I found that I felt it really spoke to me so uh you know I can pinpoint certain people and certain moments that led me to there but my overarching style is um an evolution from graffiti from graffiti and street art and painting on the streets um and the mediums I use also are linked to that um i use a lot of uh, acrylic bucket paint which i used to use on the streets a lot i also use spray paint a lot in my artwork um and i also use other uh um implements that i used to write on the streets with you know anything from like white out pens through to you know markers and and other things like that uh so a lot of what makes up the art that i do right now is um you know uh all comes from my past but, um, but that brings us into the third point, which is subject matter. See, I've taken those influences and I've rolled them into, uh, like, I, I like to jump around a bit with subject matter, but I always paint them in my own style and I use that, that street aesthetic and would um, happily do a landscape or a portrait of someone or, um, yeah, I don't know, like an interior setting or anything like that but i'll still use what i've learned on the streets to paint it in that way um yeah is that what you mean yeah yeah cool uh and yeah so with with subject matter like really think about um how you wound up painting the subjects you did um you know sit there write a list and um and just you know spend some time thinking about this Mm. and and like one of the ways in which you can do that is like journaling 
So actually like putting pen to paper and just starting to just write out a list or asking yourself a question, even writing it out on the page and write, you know, what were my main influences? What are the subjects that I, um, you know, that I cover in my artwork and writing those questions out and just giving yourself the space to just allow the mind to go where it goes, allow yourself to just really connect with whatever comes out onto the page and just let that be enough. Because what we're really doing here, it's an exploration and so let go of trying to find the answer and allow yourself to just be really free with what comes yeah and also I'm, I'm speaking about my own experiences here but I'm not really mentioning people but I really would like you to um, think about uh, which artists uh, inspired you to take to go down these paths as well because we want to um, you know track their styles as well and see how um, the artists who have inspired you to make these decisions and go down these paths, um, what what does their art look like and how does that, you know, seep into your own practice? Mm. And I remember when you first started doing this as well, I remember that you had like a folder of all of the artists that you were really inspired by and you would flick through that folder and then ask yourself the question where, you know, where, what, what is it about this that I really love? And it just helped you to get a lot clearer in terms of your vocabulary around it. Yeah, totally. Like, it's funny, I flicked through that, um, that folder in preparation for this just to reflect on it I, you know I'd, I'd flick through it maybe once a year like I started that folder in 2014 mm. I think it was and uh it's really funny to look at it now because pretty much every artist that's in that folder has either been on the podcast or is now a friend of mine or I've exhibited with them or um you know like there's not many of them that have uh, seeped through the cracks. Mm. Maybe I just haven't got to the, the other ones yet. But um, it was really humbling and it, it was uh, quite um, an emotional experience to see how far I've come mm. because everyone in that folder to me was so far out of reach of me at the t- for, for me at the time. It was like, you know, one of these days I'd love to be like these artists. And to see that, you know, some of them I feel I've even overtaken in certain ways. And it's just really crazy to you know see that sort of manifest itself through through just showing up and loving what I do you know so yeah so anyway the next point uh is uh color palette um you know there's there's a few like key um you know elements that make an artist and make their art artwork unique and um colors are definitely a big part of it Uh, There's certain artists that like to use lots of colors in their artwork and other artists that like to use uh, only black and white and then everyone in between. But um, it's good to sort of take note of your your color palette and how you came to be working with that color palette. You know, I'll go back to speaking from my own experience. Um, I use uh, a lot of muted color uh, colors because I find that they color better, they cover better. You know, when I'm using colors such as like red and yellow and, you know, bright colors like that, primary colors, they tend to sort of be a bit watery and it takes seven coats to cover. Whereas I found with those like sort of in-between tones and those murkier tones, they they go on really thick and you don't have to work with them too much to get the coverage. Mm. And I tend to lean towards those colors now, whereas it hasn't always been that way. I've tried all the other colors. I've even worked with 
uh, you know, only three colours for, mm. for a couple of years. And I remember you went through your kind of like your reds, black and white stage, didn't you? I and did. you, you repeated that over time um, for, yeah, a while. Um, and I think it became quite um, recognisable as a result of doing that. Mm, yeah, it was, a, it was early in my career. And I was, it came from just drawing every day with um, black and red pens on white paper. And uh, I found that I was, you know, establishing a style for myself and I wanted to brand myself with colours. Um, and that way I was, my artwork was more recognisable. You didn't need to, you know, see, you know, have to find my name on the painting to know that it was done by me. Um, but you know, I, I, over time I outgrew that and I got to a position where I, um, there was more that I wanted to do with my art that, um, three colors weren't quite cutting it for me. Um, yeah, but I'm still exploring that. I'm still exploring color. <laughs> <laughs> color theory is a, uh, you know, very, uh, important topic and the more you delve into it, the more complex it gets. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next point is, um, is scale. Uh, what sort of scale do you work at? Um, you know, scale says a lot about an artist. Uh, you know, some people can paint some very confident, small paintings and other people can, you know, create some, uh, blockbuster monumental artworks and, um, you know, and just work out where do you fit in with scale? And is there a scale that you tend to work with a lot? Uh, and why is that? Um, you know, I know that there's been, uh, several scales that I work at within the studio. Um, you know, I've got a small, medium and large like canvas size that I work with. And that's, um, also just to help me with pricing. Like I know the, the prices of each of those, uh, those sizes and it just makes it easier for me to work with, but I also can work at different sizes too. But I also like to paint large because I find, you know, from, uh, painting on the streets, I can spend, less time painting a bigger painting and uh you know i can get it done quicker whereas i can really tinker with a small painting for days and days and days and all months and uh you know i like to go big but think about how you fit into this and uh and how scale plays a role in your artwork the next one to think about is um any teachers you've had um i know through starting out when i when i was starting out my artwork I had lots of uh, friends who were already artists and they were teaching me what they knew. But what they would teach me would be their style, uh, their color palette, their medium, their scale. I'd learn all this off them. And because I didn't know anything, I'd take it all on board as gospel. And years later, I'd be uh, thinking, why am I just working on A3 sheets of paper with watercolor when all I want to do is do big paintings? And it's because... I was initially taught by a watercolor artist and he busted out some A3 paper and said, this is how you, you create some artwork. So it was based off what I knew. And, um, it wasn't until I, uh, you know, took note of that, that I realized that that was something that I wanted to change about my art. So, um, you know, think about the teachers you've had and how that plays a role into your artwork. And are there any things that, uh, teachers have told you that, you know, in their mind is the right thing to do, but you're not feeling is really that right for your art anymore, you know, because um, it's so easy to get stuck into these these loops and these patterns. And um, especially when you, uh, you know, you admire the person who's giving mm. you this information, you, you take it on as gospel and you say, all right, well, this is the way 
I need to do it. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. In what can happen in the mind is we create these rules of how things have to be done based on what we have taken from someone else, what someone has taught us or what we have seen has worked in the past. But there often becomes a point where actually there becomes almost like a tension within where we're actually wanting to do something else, but we're not allowing ourselves to go there because we're we're caught up in the rules. Now, this is quite deep stuff here, but I think it's a really important point just to ask yourself the question, Are there other sort of things that you want to explore here in terms of the size and the way that your art is represented? If you haven't really allowed yourself to go there due to some sort of internal rule that you've been living by Um, and just explore that, just widening it out and just have a think about, is there something that's calling you um, that you would love to do? Mm. It's funny you say that actually, because there's also, I've been reflecting on my own, uh, yeah, lessons I learned early in my, my career. And, um, you know, I had uh, a mentor helping me with uh, graffiti, actually, uh, when, I, when I was a teenager. And he, I remember I bought an art book and it was all on dynamic light and shade. And um, I've still actually got this book in my library. And he, I, and I remember the day I bought it, I had it in my bag, I pulled it out and he said, why'd you buy that crap? You're never going to learn anything from that. And so I didn't do anything with it. But I actually picked it up not, not that long ago and it's a really good book and it's mm. really handy and I've actually learned a lot from it. But I, I put the book down for 15 years without even opening it because of someone else's opinion. And it's just crazy to think that, you know, how much influence certain people can yeah. have over you, especially yeah. when they're further down the path than you are. So, um, yeah, this is, I didn't realize, as I was writing this list, I didn't realize how much of a big point, uh, you know, um, you know, reflecting on the teachers you've had in your life mm. is uh, does play a role into your art that yeah. you do today. So um, the next point is uh, the setup of your studio. Um, I've had a bunch of different studios in my life. And uh, I remember the first studio I, ha- I had, I, all I had was a desk in a room and it was butted up against it, um, an- another desk on each side. So all I had to work with was a desk. So as I mentioned earlier, I was doing, you know, watercolor on, you know, A3 sheets of paper. And I tell you what, that was the biggest I could really go in that space because I didn't have much room to work with. Um, but then I reflect on, you know, the my previous studio and uh, that I was in, you know, up until last year. And that was, um, you know, had very low ceilings and low doors to get in and out of the place. So, you know, it really prevented me from painting large format paintings and I wanted to, but it just wouldn't, I just couldn't fit them in there. I couldn't get them out of the room. <laughs> so what I had to do would paint like multi-paneled pieces that could then hang on the wall and join up to make a bigger painting. That was the only way I could get around this. So that my studio actually, my studios over the years have actually had a real big impact on um, the, the way I paint and the scale I paint. And also, you know, say you like to use spray paint, but you're sharing a space with other people, you've got to consider them and you know, it might force you to work with different mediums and, you know, there's the studio plays a big role in, mm. in the output of your work. Yeah, I agree with that. And also I think that 
um, there's opportunities here because what we're talking to is, you know, um, looking at what's true to you and where you want to be taking your career. And I remember for you specifically, you had quite a small space in which you were working with, but you had a desire to be doing much bigger pieces. And I remember you just feeling this kind of this tension again between like, hey, I really want to be doing these big pieces, but I just don't have the space. And I remember there was a time when you were you were like, well, if I don't create the space, how am I going to be able to do bigger pieces? And I remember you went through that that time, which is the scary space, which is like, I'm here currently and I know I can afford this space, but then in order to do what I want to do, I'm going to have to pay extra money. Can I allow myself to go there? And I remember you batch yourself and said, no, no, I'm going to do this. And then almost instantaneously, as soon as you had that bigger space, then you started to get, you started to do bigger works and then people started to ask and request for those bigger works which was awesome because it meant that you were one able to do what you really wanted to do that was calling to you from your soul perspective and but then also it meant that by doing the bigger pieces then you were able to be um, showing your art in you know more established places you were obviously earning more per piece of art because they were bigger they were more in-depth paintings Mm, totally totally and um yeah, I'm happy to announce that now that I've got a studio with very high ceilings and a, a big roller door that yeah. I can uh, get any size painting in and out of. <laughs> and uh, yeah. But it's step by step. Right? It is step by step. Mm. I've, as I said, I've had a fair few studios and, uh, you know, I did start with just a desk. <laughs> so moving on to step two, um, have a think about each of your influences and work out exactly what it is that inspires you about them. Um this will help you talk about your artwork and have a better understanding of where your arts come from. Mm, yeah, I think this is a really good one. We spoke about it a little bit before um, about influences. And I think what's really interesting and something that Tom and I were talking about before, and we were like, oh, should we talk about it? But I think we should just go there, is when we talk about being influenced by others, we're not talking about copying. And I think this is a big thing in the industry, right? Is people being concerned, like, oh, I don't want to look too much like this person, or I don't want to be compared to them, or I don't want people to think that I'm copying anyone else and and we're not talking to that because really there's no new anything like you know most things have been done before right and most things that you see today are a combination of many many different inspirations and influences and life experiences and all of those things they're a culmination of all of those things but what makes it truly unique is that it comes through the filter of your life, your experiences and everything that you're inspired by. And essentially things that we're inspired by is actually guiding us towards actually what what's within ourselves anyway. Totally. Yeah, there's a, a book by uh, Austin Cleon. It's just a small book called uh, Steal Like an Artist. And um, he covers this topic a lot and, um, and uses a lot of uh, references in there to, you know, music and other artists and and just how we're a uh you know if you're still if you're sort of only looking at one artist you end up looking like a copycat and then uh whereas if you're looking at you know a wide you know diverse uh group of artists and you're inspired by um lots of different things you end up looking like a creative genius no one's ever done that before Mm. you know uh even if you know even if you look at the greats like 
if you, if you look at like Steve Jobs and him build, you know, de- designing and building the uh, the iPhone, you know, uh, even when he was presenting it, he said it's a phone with an iPod with uh, an internet browser on it. You know, yeah, he may have invented the iPod, but uh, you know, it's more like grabbing those three things and mm. combining them together to make something that's never been done before. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And people also are looking for reference points. And I know that, like, you know, when I've spoken to a lot of artists and, you know, someone will say to them, oh, your art looks like such and such a person. And they, they can kind of get into this place of feeling like, oh, gosh, am I copying? And, you know, take it to heart and feel, you know, um, start to doubt their artwork. Whereas actually, this is just part of what it means to be human. Everyone's looking for a reference point. Mm. And they're not saying that you're copying anyone or anything. They're just looking for a reference point so that they can make sense of your art. Exactly, exactly. I used to take a lot of offense to that when mm. people would say that. Oh, so I can see that you're a big influ- you've been influenced by so-and-so and so-and-so. And it's like, oh, you bastard. You're just, you're destroying me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not the case. That? It's like, no. you know, usually they're, they're referencing my heroes anyway. So mm. it's like, oh, really? You know, yeah. I should take it as a compliment that, uh, you know, like we, we like, you know, we want to be as original as we can and we want to come off the best way we can. And I think, uh, you know, with this exercise that we're going through now is a, a great way of really, you know, taking stock of where you're at and what your art looks like and why it looks the way it does. And, um, you know, and if you, you're not happy with it you, and you want to make any changes, you can see how that's um, easily done as well. Okay, so for the uh, third step... Um, we want you to dig in to the next level down of your influences and think about your influences outside of art and how they've inspired your creativity. Uh, this could be so broad. You can, um, you don't know, whatever you're into really and, and uh, think about what you're inspired by. But I made a little list of, um, other, of some subjects you might want to look into. And uh, it's music, film, uh, like pop culture or a subculture. Um, family, friends, travel, uh, country of origin, you know, passions, any sports that you're into. Like, I think about this quite often. Like, I know music plays a really big role in how I show up as an artist. Like, there's certain musicians who I I see how they've approached their careers and gone, wow, that's a really unique way of, of doing that. And, um, you know, I, 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 I tend to like people who in an industry say like music where you've got record labels saying you know you've got to do it this like like this and like that and then you'll have a hit and other people say nah don't worry about that I'll, I'll i'll do it my own way um and they're usually the ones that have really carved their path you know you know one that springs to mind is uh you know i'm a uh, big fan of jazz music and um you know i really like how the jazz musicians all get together and work on an album together but then there'll be one art, one person that's it's their album. But then you, you look at all the, the lineup of musicians that are on there and they're all the biggest names. And then they'll all get together and do the other person's album. And it's never like uh, they don't get together as a band or they don't get together as a collaborative project where everyone's got equal credit. They say, no, we're working on your album and you can lead this project and we're all here to assist you. You know, and you look at the, art, the musicians that are assisting them and it's like... You know Miles Davis and John Coltrane and all that, and they're just they're just people in the background. And it's um, I think 
I've just been really inspired by that. I like getting together and working with other artists and, um, you know, not having it all be about myself and my project, but let's work together and, um, and even assist someone if they're mm. a key player in that project. Mm. You know? Love that. Yeah. So that's one way of looking at things. You know, also, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm into skateboarding and uh, just looking at how the skateboarding industry runs um, has inspired uh, how I show up in business within my art. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of some examples at the moment that I'm a bit lost, but, uh, you know, there tends to be those outliers who are, are not trying to be a big corporation and they're, they're very, um, they know that if they just do what's, what means a lot to them and, uh, follow their own passions and their own style, that they usually stand out a lot and they're not watered down and, um, yeah, but, um, you know, go through that list and, and add whatever subjects that mean a lot to you onto there and, uh, it's just, yeah, it's there's there's more to your art than just the creative uh, component to it. There's you know as we mentioned early in the podcast, there's the whole business element to it, and how do you show up as a business person as well? Um, you know, uh, for me to run my own art business, I you know I study a lot of entrepreneurship because I feel that it's good to know all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. It's just it's just going to strengthen who you are as an artist. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I suppose what we're really, you know, honing in on here is your uniqueness. You have a story, you have um, experiences outside of art that have all impacted how you're showing up to your art and to the creativity that you have. Um, And so by actually doing this, um, these three steps and doing this process is going to give you so much more clarity and that's going to help you as you move forwards into the future in terms of really, you know, where you're headed and why, but also in terms of how you start to talk about your art. And it's incredible when you actually put the time aside for something like this, what actually becomes apparent to you and it takes you away from almost like the hamster wheel of just the doing of the art into a place of actually seeing everything from a higher perspective Um, and so that's really really going to support you and it's this whole thing about being your unique self Um, and by being that in the work that you do that's how you're really going to one feel into a sense of deep purpose but also it's going to help you to really stand out in in the busy marketplace yep couldn't have said it better myself Claire um so yeah we're gonna leave it there because uh, you know as i said this is a three-part series that we're doing um you know stay tuned for the next episode which will be uh covering the subject of getting clear on your artistic future so this one's really been about uh taking note of where we are today and how we got here and the next one we're going to be looking at where where to go in the future so um yeah Claire will be joining me again and that's going to be great to have my co-host here (laughs) and so before we finish it up today if you are feeling quite frustrated and not knowing how to build your art career and you want to feel more confident and experience creative and financial growth to build your sustainable life as an artist then we want to invite you to head to artcareeracademy.com to express your interest and go on the waiting list for the first live intake. There's limited numbers, so don't snooze on this one if you're keen to join us. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Bench Talk. It's uh, 
you know, I had a great time chatting with you, Claire, and I really got a lot out of this conversation. It's um, This exercise is something that I've done a few times throughout my career, and I'm, I'm going to continue to do it like um, annually at, the, at least, you know. Mm, it doesn't stop, right? It's no. not like a do it once and it's done. No, no. Mm. Um, art's a... You know, lifelong journey, and um, it's really uh, it's really good to have some tools in your toolkit to um, help move you forward creatively. So stay tuned for episode two on this uh, three part series, and um, yeah, really look forward to uh, hearing feedback from you guys. Uh, get in touch on social media and uh, let me know what you uh, what you thought of it. <laughs>